0: Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. 2 Kings 19. Starting a new series called The Triumphant Life. The Triumphant Life. And I am going to endeavor to not spill tea, but pour it for those millennials and Generation Zers out there. Uh, I thought about calling it the Tea Life. Okay, you guys are obviously a lot older. Let's move on into <laughs> Second Kings 19. Come on, you got to stay relevant. Second Kings 19, find verse one. Should be easy. It's right there. Verse one. You ready? New King James. Here we go. And so it was, when King Hezekiah heard it, that he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. Then he sent Elikib, Elikib, anyway, Shondai, <laughs> who was over the household, Shebna the scribe, I got that one, and the elders, the priests, covered with sackcloth to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Ammon's. And he said to him, thus says Hezekiah, this day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy. For the children have come to birth, but there's no strength to bring them forth. It may be that the Lord your God will hear all of the words of Rabshaknian Shondai, who is master of the king of Assyria, who was sent to reproach the living God and will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. So the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah, and Isaiah said to them, Thus you shall tell, say to your master, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid. But say, Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. The words which you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Verse 7, final verse, Surely I will send a spirit upon him, And he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land. And I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your principles of increase. We thank you for your anointing, your power. Lord, that's available to us. Speak to us. Release all that's in your heart, God, I pray. Those online, those that'll listen at a later date, release all that's in your heart. May we never be the same. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. We do have notes for you, as is our custom. So, a new life—the triumphant life, or uh, the tea life true life—can we say it that way? God's plan for you is to walk in victory all the days of your life. That you would—it's a very unbiblical thing to lose a battle. It's also very biblical to be in one. It's a biblical thing to be in a battle. It's unbiblical to lose. And if you read the back of the book, you've heard it so many times that, you know, we've already won. We fight from a place of victory. It's like D-Day and V-Day. D-Day. They say we won the war on D-Day, but more souls died between D-Day and V-Day than the time before that. So we've won, meaning that Jesus Christ came, God's one and only Son, took the sins of the world, died on a cruel cross, as was prophesied, fulfilling over 300 Old Testament scriptures and his death and his resurrection assures for us the life of triumph, a life of victory. But I found this. I found this that many people don't know how to enter on into that life. They don't know how to live a life of victory, how to live a life of triumph. So I'm going to do a series for any number of weeks here as the Lord leads me on how to live a triumphant life because God wants you to win. Come on, someone say I'm a winner. Yeah, you are. You're a winner because you're in Christ. If you're not in Christ, you're absolutely a loser that Jesus really loves. And you need to, come on, no matter how much money you might have or how much victory you might have or how successful you were in business or on the field, without Jesus, you're in some serious kimchi. Kimchi is a Korean food that's not a curse. Amen. Let me paint a historical picture that will help you to understand the text we're reading today. Uh, about 260 years prior to this text that we read, and I'm just gonna give you a background so you understand the context, and then from that, I'm gonna pull and extrapolate, glean from this text some truth that you will then be able to walk in a greater level of victory, even as never before. The triumphant life, triumphant by the word of the Lord, triumphant by the word of of the Lord. So about 260 years before this, the kingdom of Israel was split in two. Now, how did that come about? Well, David David had a son, his, well, he had many sons, but there's one son, Solomon. He sinned greatly before the Lord, having a thousand wives, which clearly he wasn't supposed to have. And so those thousand wives, a thousand wives, I think he had a lust problem. He did. You see, the, the, the generational iniquity. Now, you don't want to miss tonight, I started another series. Uh, and we're calling it Healing Your Family Tree tonight. I'm going to preach on curses and blessings. You do not want to miss tonight. Don't miss tonight. Tell your friends. Tell your tell your neighbor. Get on. If you can't take a plane or train or drive here, get online. Be a part of it. Come on, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, be a a part of everything that's taking place. Roku down in Dillingham. We started a little work in Dillingham, and we've been doing that, but Pastor Tim went there. People came. God poured out his spirit. I think we got some folks on right now. We'll be planting a church there as God provides and opens up that door. Can you say amen? Do you know we have a whole bunch of people that drive in from Anchorage every week? We used to have an extension in Anchorage. We'll be opening another one. When? I don't know yet. I'll let you know but we're gonna open the next, we had one. We had a church in Anchorage for a while. We're gonna reopen one. Can you say hallelujah? Yeah, that's what we do. So David had a problem, the sin of Bathsheba, and you see that sin and destruction passed on to his family, and now here Solomon has, I mean, a 1,000 wives. How many of you know homie had a problem? And uh, because of his sin of worshiping the pagan gods, judgment comes on him, but for the sake of the house of, uh, of David, the, the prophet says, it won't come on your lifetime. It'll come in after you. So because of David's righteousness, he repented and hid the righteousness of David. The blessing was on Solomon. But afterwards, Solomon has a son. Anybody know his name? Rehoboam is his son. And uh, his son rules in his place. Let me see. Southern kingdom, uh, Judah and Benjamin is ruled by Rehoboam. And the northern king, uh, kingdom is made up of 10 tribes ruling by different kings throughout this period of time. Hezekiah, the guy we're talking about here who's in big trouble, his father, anybody know his name? King Ahaz. King Ahaz led Judah into worship of pagan gods. You know, as, as a leader goes, so goes a nation. No matter what your opinion is of President Trump, you had best be praying for him. Why? Because he's leading our country. Amen. And pray for the upcoming elections, that God would be glorified. Can you say amen? amen. As as a, as a pastor goes, as a shepherd goes, as a, as a leader, a, a CEO of a company, how many of you know leadership is crucial and important? So Ahaz, he, uh, he, he's backslidden, worships false gods. I think Hezekiah's mother had it right. That's why Hezekiah had his head screwed on straight. Thank God for godly mothers and all of the people said amen. amen. And um, so there's a lot of chaos Judah had been, uh, had been defeated by the Syrians and the northern kingdom of Israel, the Edomites, the Philistines, had, been, uh, had attempted to get help from the Syrian empire, but it just made it worse. And so enamored by paganism, Ahaz shuts the temple doors and begins to, and he sets up an altar there in the midst of the temple. I mean, zero fear of the Lord. And four years into King Hezekiah, now just giving you a background, if I've lost you, don't worry, I'm gonna break it down and make it simple. Just giving you a background of this text. Four years into Hezekiah's reign, Assyria laid siege to the capital city of the northern kingdom, which fell three years later. And so the northern tribes are no more, they're wiped out, and Syria is the only one that's left. In the 14th year of King Hezekiah, the Assyrians attacked the southern kingdom in Judah. And Hezekiah tries diplomacy. How many of you know diplomacy can work? I don't know why she's um, always talking when I'm not asking her to say anything and then she never answers me when I ask her something. I can't figure that out. Sounds like some people I know. Not here, of course. Hezekiah tries diplomacy and, uh, my God. You'd think I'd learn to put my, my, my Siri on silent. Anyway. Uh, he tr- gives them 11 tons of silver. You know what? 11 tons of silver and one ton of gold. He tries to pay them off. You know, you can't placate the devil. You know that. You know you can't placate the devil. You know you can't, you can't parlay with him and talk with him and try to appease him. There's only one way to deal with him. Diplomacy doesn't work. And uh, because the king of Assyria had his eye on Jerusalem, so, so the, he sends his commanding officer and this army to go lay siege. And what Hezekiah then does to release triumphant victory, to release triumph, what he does is the very things that we can do to walk in victory, to walk in triumph. Number one, he humbles himself before the Lord. He humbles himself. Come on, blessed are the humble, amen? Amen. For they shall not be broken. You ever heard that one? Me neither, it's not in there. But but, but it is biblical, biblical, blessed are the flexible for they should not be broken, there you go. He who humbles himself shall be exalted, that's scripture. He who exalts himself shall be. It's always good to go low. So he, he humbles himself. And he sends a delegation to the prophet Isaiah with a message, to please pray. I think he understood the power of prayer. I, I think he understood the power of the prophetic word. And Isaiah responds with a specific word from the Lord. Number one, don't be afraid, he says to him. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear will cripple you. Perfect love casts out all fear. You get real close to Jesus, you won't be be afraid either. And so he says, don't be afraid. The Assyrians have blasphemed God. The Assyrians will return to their own country. And the king of Assyria will will be killed in his own country. And if you read verses 35 to 37, so we didn't didn't read that, but 35 to 37 tells exactly what happened. And basically, 185,000 Assyrian soldiers are wiped out by one angel. One angel kills 185,000. And uh, they return to the capital city, which is Nineveh, and this this king is, is killed by his two sons. The word of the Lord comes to pass. So let me ask you this. What did Hezekiah do specifically to bring forth triumph? What, what can we, can, is there anything that we can do to walk in a triumphant life that maybe we're not doing right now? And there absolutely is. And you'll find it right here in, these, in, this, in this text. He turned away from the idolatry of his father. Listen, you might be the first one that's given your life to Christ in your entire family. Thank God you have. You say, well, I didn't have a Christian family that I was raised in. Well, start one. Amen. Get married first and then start one. Hallelujah. Can you say Amen. You can live a victorious life. No matter what happened in your family before, and I'm not trying to belittle that, but you can be healed, you can overcome, you can walk a, a life of victory, you can walk a life of truth. And so Hezekiah turned from the idolatry of his father and he turned from what was common in Israel, idolatry. Idolatry everywhere, everywhere. We need to turn from it and turn wholeheartedly towards the Lord. You'll see in 2 Kings 18.3, it says this. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David, his father, did. Of course, that's his, you know, his great, great, whatever, grandfather. 2 Kings 18.4, he removed the high places and break the, break the images, cut down the groves, and break the pieces of the brazen serpent that Moses made. The what? Moses got a word from the Lord. Now watch this. I might get uh, underneath some skin here. Moses made the serpent of the Lord, uh, the serpent in the wilderness, raised it up, and all who would look on this serpent's end, you find it in Numbers. And so God speaks to Moses to make this serpent, to raise it up, and all who would look upon that serpent would then be healed. They were grumbling, they were murmuring, and these fiery serpents came and bit them, and They were dying by the thousands. And so this remedy comes of raising up this serpent in the wilderness. And, and Jesus refers to that in the New Testament. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. And he's referring to that very passage where Moses made this serpent and put it on a pole and raised it up. All who looked, it took an act of your will, then they would live and they would be healed. So that, that pole and that serpent, that thing still exists. But what was once a place of victory and a release of God's power became an idol. Now, let me just say this in your hearing. You've gone, by you might have gone to church your whole life. You might have gotten victory one way, but now that thing has become, you know, an idol to you. Don't put God in a box. Don't, don't, God is a God of relationship. He's not a lot of, a God of methods, and he uses methods, but come on, just because you have a cross hanging around your neck, you could still get bit. You can hang a cross, you put garlic around your neck, you can do all kinds of stuff. I was raised a Catholic for a while before I became a Presbyterian. Uh, Before I became a pagan, before I became a Buddhist, before I became a pagan again, before I got born again. And then I got, you know, I'm a Christian, have been for almost 30 years now. And uh, in Catholicism, you know, you read up on Catholicism and some of the things in Catholicism that they do that they've just made like a bronze serpent, if you don't mind me saying that way. And if you're offended, just um, see Wally. He's wonderful at helping people that are offended. How many have you ever seen this before? The sign, making the sign of the cross. Do you know where that came from? They didn't just make that up. There was a priest that was casting out devils, and he was having a hard time sometimes devils are stubborn and uh, he was having a hard time he's praying the lord showed him just make the sign of the cross and declare the victory of my resurrection and my my protection over you and he did that you can read what was once a release of faith a, a bronze serpent if you will then became something that how many of you know just people just you see it in movies now oh god you do all that you want. You can make the sign of the cross. You're, gonna, you're still, still, still going to head to hell if you don't receive Jesus. Hello? You missed a great place to say amen. Hezekiah turned wholeheartedly to the Lord. He cleansed and reopened the temple. You know, I believe that God is going to cleanse his church. Judgment comes to the house of the Lord first. And um, I know that he's... He's dealing with me. I mean, he's putting his finger on things in my life, telling me to go to another level of prayer, telling me to, I want you to fast more, calling me to do different things that I didn't do in a previous season. I don't have any gross sin that I know of. Just checking. Put my seatbelt on a little faster. I do have a revelation about speeding. If you want to hear that, I can share that with you perhaps later not excessive speeding. He cleansed and reopened the temple, making true worship for himself and this nation a high priority. I believe that we're doing that. I believe that's happening in America. He believed that God would speak to him in crisis. And God speaks twice through Isaiah, confirming what he was gonna do. And then he doesn't stop there. And Hezekiah in chapter 20, he's gonna die and he cries out to the Lord and God gives him 15 more years, all right. The word of the Lord brings triumph in every area of our life. I said the word of the Lord will bring a triumph in every area of our life. You say, well, what what does that mean? I mean, God created all things, and he, he didn't make you so that you would then suffer and die. He made you to walk in victory. And yes, we go through suffering. We do go through things, and it can be challenging. But ultimately, if you'll hold on to the plan of God, he'll bring you to a place of victory. Death is not the final word. There's, a, there's life after death. This is just an internship that we're passing through. God's word doesn't return void. It accomplishes what he sent it for, forth for. All right, God speaks in many ways. All right, God speaks in many ways. Number one, he speaks through the scriptures. God speaks through his word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain forever. So the scriptures are one of the ways that God speaks. So if you're in the word regularly, then God will, is talking to you if you'll let him. How many of you have been reading the Word and all of a sudden something just comes off the page and you know God just said something to you? Yeah, that's a good time to underline it, maybe put it in your journal, even memorize it. As, as, as God speaks to you through Scripture, you know, read the book of John. And read it again. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read it again. Read it again. Read it again. And come to understand who this Jesus is and what he is like. A lot of people wear bands. band. You know, what would Jesus do? You remember those? They wear those things. How about what did Jesus do? If you don't know what he did, then you don't know what he would do. And if you're in the word, God will speak to you. So God speaks through scriptures. God speaks through dreams, visions, visitations. You say, that still happens today? Yes, it does still happen. Dreams are a, are a big part of my life, and, and visions are too. You say, what's the difference? A dream is when you're sleeping. You have a dream, and you're, you're sleeping. A vision is when you're awake. Dreams, I get more and more. That's because I think that it says in Scripture that he'll pour out his spirit on all flesh. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I have both, being 52, and so I guess that makes me middle age. Amen. And I'm going to go 120 years preaching, praying, and prophesying. How many have you been spoken to through a dream? I've had, I have dreams all the time. I ask God for them. I, I, and it's wonderful because dreams do a bypass on your carnal mind if you have one. Sometimes we can think our way and reason our way out of a miracle. And when you have a dream, Pastor Kirsten has this powerful dream that we're walking out in the church, and, uh, and I do too, and they dovetail. I mean, it's just amazing to see how God gives dreams, and then as we serve him, you see that dream come about. Sometimes that, well, dreams are like prophetic words too. You just have to have discernment, knowing what's from God and what's pizza, and you can't, you can't take a dream and, 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 and live that thing separate from God's word and the principles of God's word. But God does speak through dreams. He speaks through visions. He speaks through visitation. Godly counsel. How many of you know God will use godly counsel? Write in your notes, godly, godly counsel. God will give you people around you. I was talking with somebody recently and they were talking about how they need to have a little come to Jesus with a family member and how many of you know some family members need a little come to Jesus? Yeah, and then he'll he'll put it on your heart, but you have to you have to respond and do it the right way. You who are spiritual should restore such a one, right? Galatians. And so uh, they were talking to me, and I just gave them a little bit of counsel, and they said, "Oh, that's what that yeah, that's what my dad told me." Same thing. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> because there is wisdom in a multitude of counsel. So you know, you get counsel from your 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 alcoholic second aunt twice removed, I mean, that's probably not good counsel. (coughs) What are you going to that church for? For God's sake, I never did anything for you. (coughs) You know, that's probably not a good place to get counsel. You guys are tough today. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Let's have a praise break. Why don't you lift your hands to Jesus? Come on. Wisdom. It's okay. Lift your hands to the Lord. I'm serious. Come on. Take a praise break. Feels heavy in here. Maybe I'm stepping on someone. Maybe that's you're getting lots of wisdom from your second aunt twice removed as a chain smoker. Father, thank you. Come on. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Godly counsel. You have to have godly counsel. Have people around you that know God's Word that have been through three times the amount of battles that you've been in. Usually they're older than us. Usually, but not always. Have godly counsel. God speaks through godly counsel. God speaks through a still, small voice, impressions of the Holy Spirit. We're writing the notes. You all have your notes? God, so God will speak through that. That's one of the main ways I live my life. I just, I just go with the peace. If I'm moving forward in a direction, all lights are green, you know, in the spirit, and then all of a sudden, the yellow light comes up. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, My kung fu comes up, you know what I mean? Like, okay, what, what, Lord, Lord. And I'll have to pray, and I'll wait. Now, when you're driving, if you get a yellow light, that means accelerate. just kidding, sort of. God will, God will speak to us and give us impressions and lead us and guide us. God will speak through creation. I've told you all kinds of stories, and I always get a comment when I talk about those things that have happened to me. I've, I've had all kinds of things happen in creation. Birds, animals, uh, you know, just, what does that look like, Pastor Daniel? Well, My favorite one is I was coming down a mountain, a volcano, on a bike. won't get into all that, but I was a tour guide, having a very, very, very difficult day because the only thing I had in my life was this job. I had Jesus, hallelujah. I drove a chrome bike, and then I had a bike at, at work. I didn't have a car, and that's awesome if you're 17, except I was like 27, so that wasn't so awesome. And I felt like nobody loved me, and I was a loser, and I wasn't going anywhere, and I just lost a whole bunch in my life, and God was just redoing my life from the, from the ground up. You know, some of you, some of you built on a faulty foundation. And I had no found, I had nothing, except I had Jesus, praise God. And so as I'm going along, I start hearing a bird. And it actually sounded something similar to that. And it gets my attention from me weeping and crying, all sorry for myself. And as I look, off to my left is this bird that has been flying alongside of me for over a mile, and I got the interpretation. Now, you can say whatever you want, but I'm going to tell you, if God can speak through a donkey, he can certainly speak through. you You can't find a scripture to contradict my experience. This is my experience. It matches with scripture, so I'm good with it. If you have an experience that's outside of the confines of scripture, you better watch out for that. Amen. And it's singing, it's, in fact, that, that was the song. I, if I keep going, I'll start weeping because the Lord spoke through this little bird in the middle of some national forest at about 9, 000, you know, 8,000 feet, 7,000 feet in elevation and told me about how God's ama- amazing love me so amazingly and this awesome plan that he had. And, you know, lift up your head, son. I've got you. I'm gonna bring you through. This is not the end of the story. I've saved you and I've filled you and I've called you and it's gonna be all right. I love you, son. I love you. I'm like, oh, I love you too, oh. He spoke to me through a bird. And I could go on and on and on. God uses creation. We were driving here and saw this moon rising, you know, or setting or whatever it's doing right now. And it was just amazingly beautiful. All of creation speaks of his glory. I think it's in the Psalms. It says their line has gone throughout all the earth. The line is, is a picture of an instrument but it's talking about creation, the sound of creation. Romans talks about how creation speaks about God's invisible qualities that no one is without excuse. Even the guy that's, that's off in the African bush somewhere that's never heard about Jesus is without excuse when he looks at sand, when he looks at animals, and he looks at the sky. You realize, man, God, there must be something that made this. That's, that's wonderful, creation. Through circumstances... How many of you know God will speak through circumstances? And we've had endless examples of that. Through a prophetic word, seven, through a prophetic word. Through what? Through a prophetic word. And that's what happens in this text. So this coming next weekend, we have our prophetic conference. Now we're nearing closing that. It's it's steaming ahead. We can take 500 people. There is some space left. But over the years, even though at this time, right before the conference, I share about the power of the prophetic word, over the years, there's those that just feel like, no, no, this is, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go plinking. I'm going to go target shooting. Dude, shoot targets later. Wouldn't it be amazing if God spoke to you and gave you a word like, this is quite a word for Hezekiah? Can you imagine? Some of you are facing similar type experiences. I mean, you, you need breakthrough. You, you don't know how to get through the other side. You're looking for God to give you the answer. And I'm telling you, I'm not just flying in a bunch of people that just, you know, can skip across the stage. These guys prophesy, man, and it is absolutely amazing. You say, well, I've gotten a word before. Yeah, I've got, I've got like, I've got eight-track tapes with prophetic words on them. Okay, that's kind of a joke. You guys are brutal this morning. <laughs> 8-track tapes, I don't know when they went away, but it was like in the 70s at some point. So 8-track tapes are something they no longer use. It went from 8-track tapes to like mm, tapes, regular cassettes. I know some of you have never heard of this. You just know about MP3s and MPEG-4s. It went to cassettes, and then after cassettes, it went to CDs. And then, and then DVDs got big. Not BVD, DVD. And then after that, it moved to somebody said, Can I get a BVD That's No, you can't get a BVD the service. So they're DVD, and we don't, we, we give it all the way free. You just have to be able to log on and get online. If you don't know how to do that, we'll help you at the, at the iDesk out there or whatever so we call it. I was close. It was iDesk like 10 years ago, the Connect Desk. So it's just to help you to understand that I have eight track tapes, meaning. I have so many prophetic words and some of those, you know, we have one over the church from 2002 that's absolutely astounding about how we would build this building and how beautiful it would be and people would drive by and say how beautiful it is and how all the provision would come in and God's given us favor with all the, I mean, I pray this thing. 2002, can I tell you what happened in 2002? We had our church there in a barn with about 50 people. Might have been 100. It was 100 at the very highest. And then time went on, and we sold that property and made a huge profit, used that to buy another shopping center to help, and we moved into this building some uh, almost 15 years ago. And then by a miracle of God, he gave us that property back, some thinking that the word of the Lord of 2002 was null and void, and wow, Cindy Jacobs missed it. Now you read it and go, holy cow, God's on the throne. How could that even happen? yeah. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord brings victory. So this weekend, this coming weekend, we have a prophetic conference. Register. Be a part of that. Go fishing later. Go ice fishing later. Ice fishing now. Go plinking later. You say, well, I, I can't. I can't get out of work. And then, Okay, but maybe you can. Try. Believe God. No, listen, if you don't have a job, you shouldn't eat. That's what, it says. That's what Paul said. <laughs> I got rebuked by my wife and a crying baby. Now, if you're not able to work, if you're not able to work because of some reason, uh, then that's understandable. But if you are able to get a job, get a job, amen, and then uh, and, and keep that and work hard under the Lord. Let's look at this this close this uh, this close this time here. Can I have keys, please? We must position ourselves to hear the word of the Lord. Well, how do you do that? Well, one, turn to the Lord wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly turn to Him. That's what Hezekiah did. You know, you'll never walk in victory. You'll never walk in triumph if you, don't, if you live for God half-hearted. Amen. Thank you, Wally. I said, you'll never live for God if you walk half-hearted. Like, whoever gets promoted when they're half-hearted. You know, played sports, and I tell sports stories occasionally. I didn't have the greatest skill, but I was 110 percenter. My dad taught me to never quit, that quitting was a curse word. And you just, you just fight with everything you got all the time. And don't, don't you ever, for the, don't you ever, don't ever come in last. You know when you're running? I don't know if you ever noticed. It's not always the case, but those who come in last because they're loafing don't ever do anything in life. Did you ever notice that? Because they're not listening this morning. <laughs> Did you ever notice that? And so my dad, my dad taught me, you don't ever come in last. You know, it, 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 you 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 don't come in last. And so you know it's funny, I'm teaching my son, don't be last. Whatever you do, you can beat the last guy. You know why? Cuz he won't fight as hard as you're going to fight. Don't come in last. It's a principle you know, if you don't give your all when you're in the military, come on, if you don't get up for revelry, you don't, you, what happens? It's a dishonorable discharge. If you don't give your all to the Lord, or, you know, it's not going to work out. You won't get the, the ultimate victory. If you don't give your all in your marriage, how many of you know that's not going to go so well? Turn to the Lord wholeheartedly. You walk in a walk and try. If you want to walk in victory, number one, you got to turn to the Lord wholeheartedly. That's what Hezekiah did. Number two, seek the Lord and worship him. And go to church. Where did you get that? Right out of the text. He cleansed the temple. He, he made things right. You know, church is, church is crucial. I'm not saying you have to go here, but find a place to go. Those of you online, we've got people online that come to church with us. They said, because we can't find a good church. Listen, I, I keep looking. It's not that I want to reject you online. But at the same time, I don't know what you're doing and I don't see your life. And relationship and growing with jesus is is interpersonal you get to know each other you can't be discipled in one little room you can gather information but not true discipleship operates in mutual accountability and covenant and serving the lord in the context of your day-to-day life and learning how to do that you can't i can't jump through the phone if you're you know doing a bong load right now i've got no idea Oh, you knew what that was, but you didn't know what eight-track tapes are. What's going on around here? Pray and believe. Be desirous for God to move in your life. That's faith. Believe that God's going to move in your life. Come on, is there anybody believing that God's going to do something in your life? Come on, believe that God's going to do something in your life. It's called faith, confident assurance of what you cannot see. Be in relationship, lastly, with covenant, with like-minded covenant people. I said, be in relationship with like-minded covenant people. I'm so blessed, you know. My wife and I; my, she's my best friend. And I, I know there's some that say, "Well, I need to have time with the, I need to have time with the brothers," and I, I think that's important too. No offense, brothers, but I'd rather spend time with my wife than you. I love you, but this is my best friend right here. I never get sick of spending time with you. And and um, and uh, well. You know, it's not always happy. You know, it's not always fun getting corrected. Those whom the Lord loves, he chastises. And so, you know, isn't it great to be in relationship with people that'll speak truth to you? You've got to develop that. That's a protection. That's uh, I talked recently about hedges of protection. If you don't have people in your life that'll speak truth to you, thank God that there's people around us that aren't afraid of hurting our feelings. I'm not talking about the knuckleheads that want to hurt your feelings. I'm not talking about them. Them, you need to set a boundary. And just distance yourself. Distance yourself from them. You don't, you, don't, you don't have relationships with people that are constantly wounding you, rejecting you, not hearing and believing with your dream. Don't, don't ha- have limited, let me say it this way, Fellowship with all, partner with some. This is actually worth writing down. Fellowship with all, partner with some. Build on sons, daughters. Build on sons and daughters. Have relationships with people that are sons and daughters when you're building the vision and the plan of walking in triumph. If you don't have that. You know, I pulled up, I pulled up a video last night. I have a treasure trove archive of our church over the past 30 years even. And um, I was looking at the recording of one of our albums. And uh, as I was looking at that, I saw people that are a part of the church here that were teenagers. I saw Minister Micah. I should just like post it on Facebook looks just like his kids he had to be 15 16 years old and he's he's dancing five I think is it six five generations the personis five generations in the same church you know how amazing that is you know what it says it says that there's something right I'm so blessed to watch kids being raised up and trained up and come on Be a part of a covenant community of believers. Develop healthy relationships. Get involved in our life groups if you can. Get get involved in our teams. Sign up for the love of God for the prophetic conference. If you can catch, there's still room. You can do that online. You can do it outside. All the night sessions are open to the public. So we'll put as many chairs in here. You don't want to miss Bishop Hooks coming man. I can preach. Holy smoke. He's one of the, he plays like 17 different instruments. Amazing national recording artist, amazing sound technician, amazing producer. And Pastor Bruno Frigoli coming from Chile and his wife. The guy preaches with such depth and compassion and accurate prophetic words. I'm talking blow your mind. Accuracy. Oh, and I think about Pastor Josh, who's really being raised up as a young apostle among us in his father's place. He's the son of Dr. James Morocco. And Pastor Shannon's coming too. What a, what a great preacher. And Again, tremendous prophetic gifts. But Pastor Robert Sogman. Who's come over on and off over the years? He's coming from the the prophet from Molokai. He's coming. You don't want to miss that. Lonnie's coming with him too, his wife, Minister Lonnie. We are going to have the most incredible time. Come on, be a part of this prophetic conference. Live the triumphant life. And if you're not able to make it, I understand. God has a triumphant life for you, and it comes many times by hearing the word of the Lord. You've got to hear God's word in your life. It's a consistent in the. It's consistent in the Apostle Paul's life. It's been consistent in the vision of Kings Cathedral and Chapels. It's been consistent in my life. And the truth is, any person here who's walked with the Lord for any length of time, any spirit-filled person here understands that victory comes by the word of the Lord. And if you can get a word from God, you get in that thing like it's a howitzer and you mow down the opposition and you'll watch the plan come and you'll walk in triumphant victory. Can you say hallelujah? Can you say a better hallelujah? All right. With every head bowed, every eye closed in this place, you want to get right with Jesus for the first time or you want to make a recommitment to him because you drifted in your walk with the Lord. Once you do that now, You've never given your heart to Jesus, but you want to do it. You want to do it now. Come on. In Florida, Oklahoma, in Brazil, Brazil online, all across this place. You say, that's me, Pastor. I want to give my heart to Jesus for the first time. Wonderful. You want to give your heart to Jesus in recommitment. need to cleanse the temple. need to come back and commit wholeheartedly to the Lord. You've been half-stepping. Half-steps avail nothing. You got to go all the way like Caleb, like Joshua, like every single person in Scripture and throughout time and memoriam, it's not half hearts to get anything done. It's total commitment with all your heart. And if you live that way, you'll walk in, in victory. You say, that's me. I need to give my whole heart to Jesus. Okay. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Number three, lastly, you, you, you're you not sure if you're saved. You, you pray the sinner's prayer, but just you're just not sure. You need to be born again. So if that's you, you want to be sure tonight, today, in a moment, raise your hand. One, give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Two, recommit your life to the Lord. Three, just be sure all across this place on the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three. Lift your hand high. God bless you. God bless you. Wonderful. God bless you in the back right there. God bless you. God bless you online. Come on. God bless you in the nations, in Brazil. Would you stand up on your feet all across this place? We're going to pray, receive Jesus. We'll all pray together, reaffirm our faith. Those of you that get, are making a decision to live for Him or give your whole heart to Him, you pray this prayer also right out loud, and then we'll close in prayer. Don't miss tonight. Going to preach on curses and blessings in a series called uh, "Healing Your Your Family Tree." Register for the conference. All right, you ready? Say, "Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Your Son Jesus." to die in my place to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray fill, touch, bless. Ties afresh these in jesus name may we be a people who live wholeheartedly for you may we seek the lord and worship you be committed to a local church we pray and believe be desirous may we yearn for you to speak in our lives move in our lives and god help us to develop relationships that are trustworthy relationships of integrity covenant relationships brothers sisters in christ bearing one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for our soon prophetic conference in less than a week now. Bless your people. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us, keep us, and give us peace. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, You can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.